Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapists Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Life and Love Nuggets. Um, Janice is back. Yay. Yes, it Gonna, is with Brent and Janice Sharp. Brent and Janice today. this time. <laughs> going to be much better as i was mentioning to you last week that no she's pressure back. there yeah we had some quite a bit of sickness and you were not feeling well and kids not well and grandkids not well and so hopefully everybody's going the right direction and so and we're back we're back so so okay. glad that you're here we've been talking about this idea of transformation that each and every person is made in the image of god and and the the goal that god created his people is so that we would be a reflection of him, that we would be the best reflection of his his nature in the world. And and we get challenged by that. We just have dings in the armor that we pick up through living life. We have kind of bruises that happen to cause us to develop kind of a coping self, this kind of part of, of us and the way that we try to live to kind of please others. Again, whether that's a coach or a teacher or parents or whoever it is that that we want to make happy. And then by adulthood, you know, it worked pretty well for us. And as little people, we developed these coping strategies. And by adulthood, we find that some of this isn't working so well for us. And so so we looked at this and the idea of many of you are familiar with the Enneagram. And um, it's it's not, this doesn't tell us who we are. It's just a a picture of, it's kind of a, a way to see um, a, a story that we live in. And so the idea is there's kind of nine stories, which is similar if you're familiar with um, liturgy, not, not liturgy. liturgy. Lit- <laughs> <laughs> you might be familiar with liturgy but too, but we're talking about literature. Li- <laughs> literature <laughs> that if you look at all the books that have ever been written, all the movies and the stories that have ever been told, they basically follow seven themes. There's kind of seven th- stories, whether it's a rags to riches kind of a story <laughs> or overcoming the monster or there's certainly tragedies, there's comedies, uh, kind of the voyage and return, the quest, yeah. rebirth. Most stories are all under those categories. And so it's it's similar to that, that there are kind of nine stories that we can live into. They're adaptive ways that we live um, to find our way in the world. And and yet, um, there are some strengths in that, of course, in our personalities and who we are, but there's also what we call a shadow. There's part of us that that this coping strategy just isn't so helpful. And so, as we started going through these, we talked about uh, one of those last time, which was um, the one, which is the reformer. And so, I kind of told my story. That's kind of the story I tend to live in. I was born pretty naturally structured, I think. We think this nature versus nurture, maybe 50-50. But then I had some influences in my life that kind of set that into hyperdrive into where I felt like I needed to do everything just right, never make a mistake. Now, again, there's some good in that. There's some, you know, kind of principled and idealistic. And yet, boy, it can just get too far. And so there are some ways that kind of joy. I lost joy in life. And and so I've had to work at what are ways that I can 
push against that? First of all, realizing that. And then what are some practices in my life? Which is what we're going to talk about. We're going to kind of talk about the different stories. And then what are some practices that can be helpful for us to, to mitigate kind of the shadow, that part of us that just isn't thriving? so much. And so, so the ones can't kind of have a fear of making a mistake. You, you've never experienced that with me, have you? No, <laughs> so, never. Um, so yeah. you have to realize I'm a seven. So I go to a one under stress. Okay. So I'm sure you've never seen any perfectionistic tendencies just pop up in me suddenly. Not, not at all. No. Yeah. But I, I, but I, so I know that some in our conversations and doing life together, that there's been times where you've needed to point out something that I've not done exactly right, which, you know, again, it just... I think it was only a couple times yeah, in our so, life. <laughs> so few and far between. Um, but that natural defense, I got defensive, you know, and cause I didn't want to admit that I made a mistake. It was just really hard for me to do that. And also ones kind of carry a little bit of a repressed anger. I'm, you know, see a lot of anger in me, you know, expressed outwardly, but ones kind of go inside with that. And then our desire to have integrity can settle into just kind of crazy perfectionism. You know, I was talking last time about I can walk in a room and I see the one thing that's not quite right. And yeah. as a reformer, I just, if we can just get everybody in the world to act right and everybody mm-hmm. to do right and all of my things in my life to be perfect, then I can just <laughs> relax. Good luck with that. You know, and stop and, and, you know, and smell the roses. And so I've had to realize nothing's ever going to be perfect. And one of the practices that I have to do is it's okay. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It's okay. We do the best we can with things. And I found that I have to do that all the time. I thought, well, I could just, okay, now that I'm aware of my shadow, I'll fix this. And I'll work on this and I'll, I'll have this handled. And you're right now. <laughs> and I'll have it handled by Friday. And then I'll be right again. Exactly. And I've had to realize, no, it's going to be just a constant thing. It's like eating. I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Keep this practice in mind to stop and appreciate life and be thankful. And if I can do that, then I get to enjoy life a bit. And and then God blessed me with a seven. We'll talk about sevens another Yay. another day, but ones that are looking for the next adventure and looking mm-hmm. for the next fun, which has been a joy in my life. It's been yep. it's helped me um, look back on my life now and go, we had so many great adventures. I just wouldn't have probably ever done those. I would have kept, you know, ones can turn into just worker bees and just everything's again trying to get something fixed, you know, and all personalities have that shadow side and all of us are going to have to continue to work on hmm, this is my Achilles heel and I've got to focus on what I can do to really grow and how God wants to work in me to help me grow out of that shadow side. And so one of the practices for me again is it's okay being stopping being thankful so we're going to talk about a few other practices that can help us ones um (laughs) that want to reform everything and make everything perfect um, that can help uh, uh, manage that so that we can enjoy life. One of them that I really thought about was focusing on basically Jesus in the gospels. Hmm. I think as ones, it's really easy. I'm not a one, but I, it's really <laughs> easy to go, okay, there is a way to do things. And yeah. so if I can just figure out that way, then I'll lock into that. 
But yeah. really, when you look at Jesus in the Gospels, it, it can be tough because you go, okay, Jesus healed people by touching them. That's the way to do it. And then you read farther and it's like, wait, he put mud on somebody. He would have been freaking me out. Oh, I know. I mean, it's <laughs> What's like, the formula here? <laughs> like, go, go dip in the river and come back. Yeah. Um, pick up your mat. I mean, there's so many different ways. And I think part of that was to upset the system. Mm. It was to yeah. turn some things upside down and to say, it's not this particular structure. You don't have to live in a formula. Yeah. He listened to his father. He wasn't just being recklessly casual. He was listening to his father, and there was a variety in that. Yeah. And so accepting there's different ways of doing things that are and still he, and, right. And he left, seemingly leaving some things undone. Yes. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't heal every single person. He didn't fix every single problem. Um, but he came to do what he was called to do and <laughs> left. And so that's been, that's so good. You yeah. know, that's, I need to just constantly be thinking about that, that this is, this is God in human, <laughs> human form that, um, had this variety and didn't seem to have to make everything perfect. And if you were looking for patterns, I mean, think about the people that were in the multitude that were fed, telling other people and then them going, oh, he does that? Okay, I'll go get in the crowd. Yeah. No guarantee you'd get a meal right. when you no, were listening right. to him. And and you could climb a tree, and it didn't mean that Jesus was going to come home to your house that day. That's right. That's good. So a lot of variety yep, that's yep, there. And yep. as you mentioned, celebration. Celebration is so important. And if you look throughout Scripture, you know, God's people are people of festivals yeah. and celebration. Jesus was at a wedding when he did his first miracle. So we're called to be people to celebrate, not just people with my personality. Janice is a party person. Yes, yes <laughs> it's, for, <laughs> it's so been so helpful for me. <laughs> for a number of years in one of our churches, I was called the pastor of play. Pastor of play. And so we need that <laughs> yes, because it gets us off of the seriousness of life and the to-do list and really gets us into enjoying our life and so enjoying the celebration too much is this what you're trying to tell well everybody? i've heard of some people that are i you know it's just it's other people i know it's my clients honey <laughs> i have clients that are ones that deal I always with tell that people, i can turn any conversation serious in about five seconds <laughs> it's again a blessing and a curse i mean there's some good in that where i do care about people and i want to know what's going on in their real life <laughs> and boy it can be a curse though <laughs> and i can just lose a lot of joy that's why it's good for you to have me when we go out absolutely, to dinner. Yes, absolutely. But, but another exercise that I've found that's really helpful is to write down all of the good things in your life and to write down all the ways that you've seen that God is good in your life and really meditating on those and focusing on those because it's getting your, your focus off of what's wrong and moving into what's right, which is going to be something that ones are going to always need to work on. Absolutely. So the to-do list. Yes. <laughs> I can have constant to-do lists. Yes. Things that I just always need to be doing and being aware of and and um, checking off the next <laughs> task. You just need to put celebrations on that list. There you go. That's yep. so good. It is. I mean, seriously, sometimes yeah. you do have to remind yourself this is a time to enjoy life. And you've done a great job of that with with grandkids, you know, it's, it's okay to just be with them. I'm getting a little better. 
You're doing good. <laughs> okay. So, all, so all, all you fellow uh, ones in the world, um, again, there's a lot of good. Um, it's a it's about expressing that good, and then just realizing the extreme of good is going to be a weakness. And these are some practices that can be helpful with that. So, so the second one is a helper. Uh, these are folks that are very caring, they're interpersonal, very loving, empathetic. Uh, we see a lot of um, these in the church world, people mm-hmm. just wanting to help and to care. and and But yet there's a kind of a thing of caring too much, you know, which is kind of the shadow. And so we're not spending a lot of time talking about all the strengths of each of these because um, we kind of usually know those and right. those are wonderful. The thing we usually have to work on is our shadow. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we're focusing on that. It's not to be a downer or not to look right. at the negative, but this is how we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we grow through recognizing a bit of brokenness and a bit of need. And so they, the, there's a general fear in the two. There's a fear of being unloved that I, I'm afraid that people aren't going to see that I'm important and necessary. And so they, again, care for others in the hope that they're going to get the same response. And Which be, it's natural for them to care for others. Yes, Yes, but part of that, the shadow yes. is I'm going to do that with the expectation that the people are going to care back for me. Right. And so they deny their own needs because it's just all giving out. I always say they're a little bit like pitchers that are being poured out mm-hmm. and they just get empty real, real fast. And so their this desire to be loved can deteriorate into the need to be needed, you know, so it's the kind of the, the whole codependency, you know, kind of uh, weakness where I'm not okay unless others are okay with me. So I'm going to do everything I can to make people happy so that then maybe they'll love me back and then I'll be happy. And so that's kind of the weak side. And and so I, I, I know talking to some twos, I have to talk to them quite a bit about self-care. Yeah. And sometimes, particularly people of faith, look at me like I've lost my mind or I've like <laughs> grown horns or something. What? Self-care. That's selfish. That's, that's, that's not how we're supposed to be. We're just supposed to be always giving out. And, and yeah, there's a whole lot of personality types that need to give more because <laughs> they are too self-focused, but two, twos can focus too much on the other. Yeah. And it's hard because twos do such a great job of helping they are so good at complimenting people around them and even anticipating needs of people around them that it's easy for people to kind of, I don't want to say purposely take advantage because it's not purposely, but they they can take advantage of that. And it's easy to not even recognize what all the person's doing because they do it so well and they do it so seamlessly. It doesn't seem like it's work. So it's, it, it's something we all have to be aware of when we're in relationship yeah, with twos. So some of the spiritual disciplines, and it, you know, I was thinking with spiritual disciplines, we also have to remember that um, we may mention them for one personality or another, mm-hmm. but we all need spiritual disciplines. These and all we, would be good for all of exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just being aware that some yeah. of these practices that we're talking about would be good for all of us. So you don't have to be this type in order <laughs> to, to this. need this. Yes. Yeah. And a spiritual discipline is just a habit. It's a yeah. It's a practice that we do. And sometimes people don't like the word discipline. discipline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's just practice. Yeah. We're formed by our practices. Mm-hmm. We're um, by the things that we do, it forms us into being a certain kind of people. And so if I practice 
thankfulness and appreciation, I'm going to, it's going to form me. It's going to, again, balance that shadow side. So one of the practices that I would say that's good for a two is having someone that they're accountable to, whether it's a close friend or, you know, in our world, we have spiritual directors, somebody like that, that they can be accountable to, but not accountable in the way of, are you sinning? Or are you messing up in your life? But accountable in the way that they can ask, the, the, the friend can say, how are you doing? And help remind them of the scripture that we all talk about is loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, as twos, we need to flip that and go, are you loving yourself as you love your neighbor? That you have- They need to be in balance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or you get drained dry. Yeah. And that's hard. That's one of the hardest things for twos is to really take care of themselves and to recognize it's okay to have limits. It's okay to have boundaries. So it's having that accountability that someone will help them look at how they're doing and reminding them that they are a beloved child of God too. Yes, yes. That they are worthy of having love and attention and care. And sometimes they have to be their own best friend. They have to take care of themselves like they would take care of somebody else. But that's hard as a two because you're so used to always putting people first that you tend to to back away from that. Um, you know, in the midst of helping, sometimes we have to ask our, ourselves if we were to, um, am I losing myself? Or our friend says, are you losing you in doing all this? Are you still aware of who you are? And are you valuing yourself for who you are? Yeah, God's best is that we be the brightest reflection of Him possible, <laughs> and and twos can kind of meld into others. They they lose themselves in the relationship with others, and so they're not as bright, you know, of of a reflection as they're supposed to be. Right. And so, so it's not selfish. We have to keep reminding them. <laughs> That's why they usually need a person in their life who goes, "No, this is not selfish. You need to do yes, this." My wonderful, amazing. 91-year-old mother mm-hmm. um, is a two. She just thinks about others all, all the, time. the time. And I have to go, mother, what do you want? Yeah. Is it whatever, whatever you kids want. Just mm-hmm. what, yeah. I want to know what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's, again, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing gift to care that much. Um, but sometimes they can lose themselves yeah. in the midst of that. Uh, many of you know uh, Ian Cron and Suzanne mm-hmm. Stabile wrote The Road Back to You, which is kind of a big thing now. That's where right. a lot of people are talking about the Enneagram. One of the reasons we're even discussing the Enneagram is lots of different um, personality structure types and so forth out there that are helpful. It's all about just introspection. It's not, it's not to label anybody. It's just to get a picture of, oh my gosh, that's the story that I find myself in most of the time. And uh, so um, this is one of the most accessible things going on in our culture right now, because everybody's kind of talking about it. So that's why we think it's helpful (laughs) to talk about. But they wrote this book, uh, The Road Back to You, and Suzanne um, self-describes as a two. And one of the things that a discipline that she has had to a practice that she's had to adopt because she gets asked. I mean, these, these are incredibly talented people mm-hmm. and they get asked to do stuff all the time. <laughs> will you speak at this? Will you come to do this? Do a workshop here or whatever. And she's learned to stop and go, is that my work to do? And really ask God, is that my work to do? And sometimes it is her work to do. And she goes, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. 
Um, but sometimes it's like, no, that's actually somebody else's work to do. Uh, if I do that, then somebody else is not going to do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's just been a good, healthy practice to stop where before she'd just say, yes, yes, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But if she stops and considers it and asks God for kind of a confirmation about that, that keeps her healthy. So that's a good practice for twos. Absolutely. Lisa Turkist, uh, probably about five years ago, wrote a book called The Best Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's looking at, is this the best yes for me? But she also is great at giving you some language for how to say no. And one of my favorite things is, my heart says yes, but my head says this isn't for me to Ah, do. That's good. And that's just so good to have that language. I think the other thing that's good for twos is to do centering prayer, prayer where you just get quiet and it's just you and God and you're focusing on just being in his presence and just receiving that sense of grace. And it's hard for twos, I think, because it's, I should be getting this for somebody else or is it really okay for me to just sit quietly with God? But you need that. You need that because you need to be reminded that you are loved by God, that you are valuable, and and that He wants to be with you and to care for you. I think, as you were mentioning, it's easy for twos to get in to do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. I was thinking about way, way back when. This is going to go back decades. Okay. (laughs) When we were at a very large church and um, at that point you were over crisis pregnancy center and adoption agency and um, counseling counseling center, big counseling ministry and and the staff, a lot of things like that. And I was busy. I think it was women's chaplain at that time at ORU. And um, I had an older woman come up with me or come up to me at church. And she said, I'm really mad at you. I didn't know her that well. Uh I'm like, what could I possibly have done to offend (laughs) her? And I said, I'm so sorry. What did I do? And she said, you took dinner to so-and-so when they were sick. And I was like, yeah. I mean, was there something wrong with it? I said, yes. And she said, you took my job. Oh, wow. You helped teach this class and you do this and you do that. All I do is make meals for people. And when you swoop in here and take my job, I don't have something to Mm. do. Wow. And so I've remembered that over the years, you know, am I swooping in thinking it's the right thing to do, but I've, I've moved someone out of their place. That's good. And sometimes I think, especially in the church, we have to sometimes see a need go unmet for a while until the right people will step up. So possibly the most important word uh, for the helper is to say no. Yes. (laughs) Those two letters. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. And boundaries aren't wrong. Yes. They aren't selfish. They're not evil. And that you are as valuable as everybody else, and you can't take care of everybody else unless you're taking care of you. Not fully. Yeah. I always say to twos, they're kind of a spectrum there's you know on one end of the continuum there are people that are just selfish they think about themselves all the time (laughs) and don't even give a thought to anybody else right and then there are those on the other end of the spectrum that all they think about is others and they forget themselves (laughs) and i tell twos it's not possible for you to ever be on the other end (laughs) i mean we're just trying to get you just to move up just slightly you know towards center ground there 
And but they're so concerned okay. that somehow this is selfish. I always laugh with twos when they're like, I think I'm being selfish. Yeah. And that's where I laugh and go, it's impossible. That's right. It's just literally right. impossible. Yes. So the threes, um, the achievers. Now, these are some of the strongest leaders we see in the world. And they are go-getters. They're busy. They're active. They're always doing things. Very success-oriented. Some of our great leaders and pioneers. So we need Again, all these are wonderful. They're all important and all valuable. But they come with a shadow as well. They have a fear of being without value. So they feel like they need to earn it. I was talking to three the other day and felt like I, I something was happening in a new relationship. And it was like, I just don't know what I'm worth here. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. doing enough to really feel value in this. And it's like... Okay, why why do you have to do something <laughs> to be valued? That's just a foreign concept, you know. Just just like trying to tell twos to do self care, you right. know, trying to tell threes that if they're valuable, even if they don't do something, right. it's just like a foreign concept. All their energy tends to go to developing self. They're mm-hmm. always constantly working on things, achieving, thriving. Their desire to be valuable can deteriorate into into. Um, chasing success. They want to win all the time. And, and uh, life is not good unless we're winning and everybody's winning. And, and so one of the practices uh, for threes, because they're just energizer bunnies, they just don't know how to shut down. So one of the practices is a, a Sabbath rest idea that we shut down at times and we just learn to rest, which is, again, pretty foreign for three. And generally, the threes that I've worked with, they have to structure this into their schedule. Now, we're not saying that, you know, the Sabbath rest in the Old Testament was, you know, sunset Friday night to mm-hmm. sundown, sun you know, Saturday night. We're not saying that it has to be literally that 24-hour period, but they generally have to have days in their calendar where they just go off grid. They they let their staff, they let the office, they let their um, family or whoever know, I just need it from, from eight to noon today, or maybe a whole day, or maybe two half days or whatever. These are just, I turn it, turn things off and maybe they have to manage their cell phone. They got to stop watching social media, you know, during that day, or they're going to want to crank back up and get into their to-do list. And so, I've just not seen people uh, threes be able to do this without it being structured and and beginning to lock things down and then learning how to rest. Now again, rest doesn't mean they have to go lay in a hammock and just look at butterflies. You know, it might be a different kind of go work in the yard or a hobby or developing those kind of things that don't feel like I'm necessarily accomplishing or mm-hmm. being successful, but are are just how do I, do I stop all this? And because God knew we needed this, we needed rest. I think it's Richard Swenson in his book, Margin, mm. that talks about we can have restful work. Good, There's yeah. certain kind of work that is actually restful. Now, there will be people that go, yes, my work is restful. That's why I work all the time. Yeah. Um, but but I'm talking about something that's different than what you normally do, mm. but it refreshes you, just like we've talked about for you. It's construction. Yeah. I mean, we all have our I different ways. Work, so, yeah. so we can do, you can go work out in the yard 
And that might be restful for you. So that's where Sabbath rest isn't always just laying around. It is doing something that refreshes your soul, that gets you away from everything in your life, away from thinking about things so that you can really shut down. And and with those practices, you know, it just made me think when I think about doing remodeling a bathroom or mm-hmm. doing this out of the other, that it's really very restful to me. But I also have to make sure that my one shadow doesn't yes. kick in and I have to do it perfectly and I can't, you know, relax, finish or stop until it's all done perfectly. And we all have all of these types too. And, mm-hmm. and we can see them kind of flare up in us because I can yeah. see some three in me where, you know, I, I don't, I don't pace myself, you know, and I can get too, I can push too hard and do too much at a setting uh, instead of being, okay, I'm going to work for four hours or three hours, whatever. And then I'm going to stop wherever I'm at in the process. That's hard for me, but it's really important for me. I think in our earlier years, we both could have been mistyped as threes. Yeah, for sure. When we were going to grad school and remodeling a house and (laughs) working full-time jobs and all of those things. I remember Yeah, remember that? Yeah, we never do anything like that now. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that I think is really good for threes, which I think is good for everybody, is that concept of awe. Mm -hmm. And we have a whole podcast on awe. But just that looking out in nature, looking at beautiful things, and getting your focus on those things that are outside yourself. I think it's helpful for threes to get outside themselves. And I think nature is really good for threes. Now, it has to be nature where you go walking and not running a marathon in the woods <laughs> and or climbing the highest mountain and being the first one to get there. It's just being out and seeing God's beauty and just resting in that and getting some refreshment from that. Again, I'm biased. I think awe is good for everybody. Absolutely. I I think it's also good for threes to schedule regular time with God. Put Mm -hmm. it in their calendar. Keep it there. But have it as a time where they just sit with God for themselves and not as a business relationship. It's easy. We've talked about before. It's easy for pastors to get in a business relationship with God where I'm meeting with you because I got to speak on something. Right, right, right. And, and of course, we have to do that. But we also have to have that time with God that's just for us and just connecting with God, even if it feels like you're not getting anything out of that time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and it usually has to be the whole idea of fixed is kind of, I think, the key. It yeah. needs to be structured because mm-hmm. I think for threes, Prayer time, study, you know, scripture time of just getting out in nature or whatever. Um, again, it can turn into a to-do list then. And I'm during that process, I'm checking something off, right? Or if I don't have it structured where I do it for these 30 minutes or this period of time, then my to-do list will just take over for the mm-hmm. day. And I and it'll be late at night. And I go, oh, gosh, I just didn't have any time, downtime today <laughs> where I was listening and you know, and meditating. And and so it usually has to be a, a more of a structure. I also think fellowship is good for threes. I think church fellowship, obviously, but friendship, social interaction. I think it's really good for threes to have that so that they're not accomplishing something all the time. And it's helpful for them to be with people that aren't threes, people yes, that aren't yes. as goal-oriented to go, you know what, they have good lives too and have some of that influence 
to help balance them in their lives. Yeah, as long as they don't turn into it being a marketing <laughs> experience where I'm marketing my next project or, or um, trying to sell people on something mm-hmm. or whatever. And so- Or did I spend enough time with friends that I can check this off that I succeeded at the social thing? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think another thing for threes probably, and again, it's good for all of us, is simplicity. I don't have to have the next biggest thing. I don't need to have the nicest thing of this. It's okay to live with what I have. Okay. It's okay to not be constantly moving up a notch, but to find contentment in where I'm at. Very good. So these are, we've kind of looked at um, three of these stories that mm-hmm. people can find themselves in. And that, and uh, again, we all are going to experience all of these, but Usually we find that there's one of these stories that's like, oh my, that's my story that I tend to live in. <laughs> and again, it's there's a lot of good yeah. and it can be mostly good. You know, mm-hmm. the qualities and characteristics of these expressions can be mostly good, but it's that part that is extreme or that it can deteriorate into that we're trying to pay attention to today. And and develops, again, some practices that can form us kind of pushing against the natural stream of our personality and that can form us into being healthier and being able to thrive. Because we'll see some of these practices that are easy for us to do. Mm. It's like, oh, yes, I can do that. That's serving. A two, it's going to be natural for them to serve. Um, Some of them are going to be very natural and we go, yes, I'm very good at that. But it's usually the ones that are like, oh, that's kind of hard for me. Those are the ones that really transform us. Those are the ones that help us deal with our stuff. And so that's why I encourage people as, as they're listening or as they're studying spiritual disciplines or the Enneagram to say, okay, maybe God is speaking to me through some of the eh yep. ones. And that may be exactly what he wants, to, wants me to be doing, even though it's really hard. Yeah, we find that even when people are studying the Enneagram, it's usually the one that we hate. It's like, oh, that's probably me, but it's the one I don't like so much, you know. And uh, so we leave you today with the challenge of go do stuff that's not fun. Go do stuff that's hard <laughs> and simply start uh, one of the new practices in your life. Um, next time we're going to pick up with uh, uh, another three of these and look at um, those and what are some practices for them. But until then, Blessings to you. Um, We trust that you'll go in peace. The Life and Love Nuggets podcast should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only. 